Episode 2 of N10 coming at you with a major bombshell of news. A massive trade between the Winnipeg Jets and the Columbus Blue Jackets to start off the episode. Literally happened like, what, 40 minutes ago and we're going to dive right into that first because it's a massive trade, Joe. It definitely is and it was something that was kind of like leading up to it like it was inevitable like it, it makes sense on paper but we're definitely going to get into like the repercussions of this trade yeah for sure so i guess we can dive right in if you're listening to it i think you know what the trade is but pierre-luc dubois is packing his bags and heading over to the winnipeg jets in exchange for third overall pick who or second overall pick uh, patrick line and jack roslovic so your quick thoughts on the trade. It was kind of rumored days before the trade even happened, or even months before, actually, because Dubois wanted out for a long time, and there was rumors about Liney wanting a trade out of Winnipeg, but your quick initial thoughts on the trade when you saw it happen. Uh, this was definitely something that was going to happen. Like, like you said, it's been rumored for months because both players wanted out, and it just made perfect sense in that, in that sense that you want to trade guys for each other who want out. So it made sense. They're, the exact, they're from the exact same draft, second overall line, third overall Dubois, which is pretty funny. Um, initial impact, like initial reaction was, I knew it was coming and it was kind of leading up to it, especially this week, but we'll get into that further. Yeah, I guess my quick thoughts on it is, I just, it's weird to see that like, Patrick Lanny, such a good goal scorer, is just traded out of Winnipeg just like that. I mean, it's not like you're getting a bad player back. You're getting a center back. And Dubois, just now their center core in Winnipeg is really, really deep. And imagine adding Cole Perfetti maybe even next year to it. That's a big and strong uh, three down the middle. And Lanny going to Columbus, that is a goal scorer. They need goal scoring. Just at center, who's going to be passing the puck to Patrick Lanny? I don't know if you thought about that, but we said before the podcast down the middle in Columbus, it's not looking great right now. I agree. So so to just get into it more further, for my opinion, like if you're Winnipeg, yes, you needed a second line center, but you traded for Paul Stastny over the offseason. Now, granted, he's not the same player that he was a few years ago, but I mean, like you didn't really, really need a second line center. You needed defense and I'll, but even before Dubois wanted out, the whole Patrick Liney rumors. Remember in this over the summer, well, not really the summer, like September, October, when the when the season ended, it was like Philadelphia was interested, and Philadelphia might give them like a like a Travis Sandheim, like a defenseman, right? Because that's what the Jets need. So that was at that time. I thought, okay, if the Jets were gonna trade Liney, they would trade him for like a top four, top two ish maybe defenseman. So they upgraded center, obviously. Like their center core is going to be stocked for the next at least two years because I'm not sure if because Dubois wanted a, a reportedly wants to play in a big market in Winnipeg. It, it is a big market in terms mm-hmm. of fans, but in terms of the actual city, it's not at all. It's it's actually the Columbus of Canada, to be honest, compared to to like Montreal, where he probably most likely wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And for Columbus, like. This has been a problem for years now where big time players want out immediately. So even going back 10 years ago, Jeff Carter was traded for Jake Voracek. That was the, the big principle of the deal. He wanted out, got traded to LA. Then it was the whole Ryan Johansson wanted out. It got traded one for one for Seth Jones. 
Mm-hmm. And then it was they traded for Panarin, like they signed, they traded for Bobrovsky, they signed to a long term deal. Then he and Panarin left the same offseason. And now Dubois asked for a trade and was traded. So there, I don't know if it has to do with the culture of Columbus or whatever, yeah. but it, it's like it makes, like I said earlier, it makes sense on paper, but like long term, like is Line going to resign in Columbus? Are him and Torts going to get well? together i don't think so and i don't and I, a lot of people would agree with that and he's also an rfa at this at the end of this year dubois at least was just signed so he has this year and next left to if he wants to sign long term in winnipeg or not mm-hmm. so in that sense and then like you said like who's gonna pass line of the puck he played with mark shifley on the power play and like blake wheeler two great like wheeler would play center sometimes and he's just a phenomenal passer in general so like those guys would feed him the puck like on the power play mm-hmm. and columbus doesn't even have close to anyone <laughs> with that passing ability like now you have max domi as your first line center who was a basically a fourth line player in montreal last year and right now in columbus he has like one maybe two points assists for Columbus, but he's only playing like 14, 15 minutes a game. So he's already in towards his doghouse and he's only there for like another year or two. So it's just like long-term, I don't like this trade for Columbus really. The Jets, it's like a question mark. Like is, is Dubois going to like Winnipeg? Is he not, is their defense going to hold up? Like that's, that's what they needed. So that's my yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah. I agree with some of those points. Um, like, line A, obviously, he's bringing goal scoring. As I said, they need goal scoring. But again, at the end of the day, who's going to pass him the puck? Like, really? Domi's not at an elite level like Shifley and Wheeler. And even line A on the Jets was a good passer. But now there's nothing really there for line A to get the puck from. And I think that at the end of the day, uh, if this doesn't... Like, I just feel so bad for Torts in a, in a way because... All his tools, all his big boys have left him every single season. Like, there's not one guy who stayed in Columbus. And I was like, you know what? I think this team, we got some hope here, and we're going to get going, and we're going to go to the Stanley Cup final. No, they've all left. They've all left. Their best players have all left Columbus. And the guy who's still there is Torts. At the end of this year, if the Columbus Blue Jackets don't make the playoffs, I believe, I strongly believe Torts is out of there because just... Maybe he's the problem. I, I, I don't know. Like, it just seems to me it's a bit fishy there. I don't know. Like, culture-wise, everything surrounding them. Their best players. Have, like, dude, they drafted this guy third overall to be, like, the next whatever. Their next center. And now he's gone. He is gone for Patrick Line, who went second overall. But going to Winnipeg side, it's a solid trade for them. That one-two punch Shifley right now is going to be unbelievable. But he has to wait 14 days to get to Winnipeg and play games. So... I don't know how that impacts Winnipeg strongly like right now, but it's just, it's a weird one because both, like, I don't know, like the magnitude of both players wanting out in a trade, in a hockey trade like this, this is, we've never really seen both players want out desperately as bad as these two in a hockey trade. Like, I don't know. What's the last one wanted out? Like, what, what did we mention? What trade did we, did you say? Um, in terms of wanting out, I don't even know really. Like we were talking in a group chat about the biggest kind of blockbuster since, and you had mentioned like the basically it was Dougie Hamilton for Lindholm and Hannafin, but that was more like Calgary pushing out Hamilton in a way for yeah. that trade. Like it wasn't like Hamilton wanted to get traded. So in terms of both players, like I don't think I've seen where both like these guys are literally the same age from the same mm-hmm. draft, picked one pick apart wanting out at the exact same time swap for each other. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, it's 
I don't know, like it's so weird to see. And then obviously like Jack, Jack Rosovic, I don't know how good he's going to be for Columbus because he was kind of sheltered in Winnipeg as not a top six player, even though he would probably thrive in a role like that. Like, I just don't know what to think of him yet because he hasn't been kind of exposed to the public as a great player because he hasn't been in a, put in a good situation in Winnipeg. And he's still an RFA. He was still an RFA. He signed a two-year deal with Columbus now. Hopefully he's going to get going and playing, but... I don't know. Like, it's such a weird trade. You don't know how it's going to go out. But like you said, Joe, he is an RFA at the end of the year. And if things do not go right, I'm sure he would sign a contract. But Torts is the one guy who's going to be... Like, I know you said in the past, he's not the GM. But at the end of the day, he's the one playing the players at a certain time limit. And, you know, benching players and doing that sort of thing. Talking about the media, about players. No, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. I, I don't know. It's going to be a trade where it, you're going to find out what who's the winner very quickly, I feel. Because, again, Liney is a free agent at the end of the year, RFA. And then Dubois is not getting there for the next 14 days. So he's going to have a tight limit on playing time with the Winnipeg Jets. It's just going to be... It's honestly going to be fun and weird to watch kind of these two play. But, yeah, I think that's it. Like, if you had to declare a winner, I guess you're going Winnipeg, right? For now, yes. Like... It's tough though. Like yeah, I know their one-two punch is is probably second to Toronto's right now in terms of centers, obviously yeah. with Matthews Tavares. Um, but like that's that's the sick part. But it's more like they they had an issue coming into the season and they yeah. didn't address it and they traded like their best trade chip for something that they didn't really like desperately need because you said like they drafted Cole Perfetti. You could be in the lineup next year as their. Mm-hmm. Well, um, who knows what impact will have, but they drafted him high for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. So they needed defense. They don't really have many in the system coming up, like, right now. But that's my view on it. Also, for, like, the whole torts thing, like, Mm -hmm. it's tough because he's easily the most successful coach they've ever had in that franchise history, which is not saying much at all. (laughs) But he gets, like, the core guys of Columbus, like, you think of like their core that's been there for a long time, like the Seth Joneses, the Rowenskis, Nick Foligno, Boone Jenner, like those guys, like the heart and soul guys of that yeah. Columbus team, like he gets them to play and they've been good for him. It's just like these star players mm-hmm. that just like have so many problems with them. And like, like how you said, he's not the gem and he's cause like helping cause these problems. If you think of both of Lyonnais last game with the Jets and Dubois with Columbus, like what a way to go out on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like you have Lyonnais who got three points in his last game's a jet, the overtime winner, and then Dubois with that pathetic shift and then got benched the whole game, rest of the game. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's so odd to see. Yeah, and I, I one more touch-up on that trade. And I know um, people are kind of mad they didn't address the defensive situation in Winnipeg. I don't think this is the type of trade to um, kind of address that. Like, you're training line A. I think the comeback for him is... A lot more bigger because you're getting a defenseman back. Like you're not, pro- you're probably not getting Wawenski or Jones back from Columbus. They're, that's I think they're both untouchable. But I don't think this is a trade where you kind of upgrade on that position just of yet. You can trade other guys. You could trade prospects for a defenseman. Just you needed that. I kind of you, you needed that centerman. You need that one-two punch. And Stasny wasn't going to be that, and he's probably gone next year to be honest. But that one-two. Punch of uh, Dubois and Shifley is deadly, but again, you dress that trade in another, or you dress that position in another trade or signing, whatever it is. So, uh, I think that's it for me. I think Winnipeg wins right now, but like I said, it'll be there. There will be a clear winner uh, depicted in the next couple months, maybe a year. So, 
that's it for me on the trade. We'll go to a um, a disaster happening in Washington. You could let us know what's happening there. Oh, for this one, this one is probably the biggest issue that the NHL had with COVID. So it was reported, I think, on Tuesday that uh, Washington was fined 100K for breaking the COVID-19 protocols that the NHL had in place. So what was it that they broke? So the, it was reported that the Russian mob of the Washington Capitals of Alex Ovechkin, Samsonov, Orlov, and Kuznetsov were all together in a hotel room. So that was the issue that, that, that sparked this 100K fine for Washington. So it was weird in the sense that both Washington, the team, had a statement and the captain, Ovechkin, had his own statement. Um, and then... It, so they so then Ovechkin's wife on Instagram goes out of her way to kind of say like why did why why did they get fined hundred k like what's the di- like what's the problem of hanging out in a hotel room before a game or whatever it's not like they went out to a bar with like no masks they were in a hotel room with no masks and I guess it's mm-hmm. in the NHL protocols that you have to have one person per room yeah in that sense so this is just expanding now and then you could say what happened after this oh like what happened like as terms of suspension and whatnot yeah yeah so they're gonna miss the next i believe four uh, washington Capitals scheduled games so i mean all these four players are pretty big players you're missing from those four games like it's like having all those guys out for an injury the next four games is like i know they won last night in the shootout and i picked up all mark for that specific reason to kind of Buffalo to dominate on the Washington Capitals, but it wasn't like all those Caps players stepped up. But going back to these guys, the four Russian players, like you're, it's such like a mixed feeling. Like I saw on Twitter, people were like, oh, like they go on the bench together, they go in the change room together. What's the difference if they go into the um, their rooms together? I totally get that, and I'm all for that. But if it's a rule in the NHL and you signed on to play this season by the NHLPA, I think you want to do the most you can to keep the season rolling without this happening. And if you kind of do this on a consistent basis, you know, they're friends and stuff like that. It's hard to get away from each other. It's it's not a good look for your team if you're doing this because, A, you're out for four games now, and B, it's just you're not following the rules. So it's a, it's a wonky kind of rule, but at the end of the day, it's a rule, and you just got to follow it, to be honest. But I don't know. Like, you're you have mixed thoughts on this as well, but... It's just a weird one. Yes. And then, it was, so my thoughts on this initially were like, if it was just a hotel room, like, mm-hmm. I understand it's a rule, but like, what's the difference between them having like team breakfast sitting at the same table <laughs> yeah. at a hotel yeah, I don't... and going on the bus? Because they're always, they always go to the rink, but like say they're away game, they go to the bus via, or they go to the rink via bus, then mm-hmm. they get tested at the rink before the game. So what's the difference between like those four players walking beside each other and going down to like breakfast at the hotel? Like that's the part I don't understand at all. Yeah. But if if it is a rule, then I guess it's fine. But then it was reported that Samsonov actually uh, got positive for COVID, right? Yeah, I, I, that's a bit fishy. So, yeah. So that's that, that's the part I don't understand. So like, so what? So. Does he have COVID? Does he not? Like, is it just because they want them, those guys to sit out four games? Like, I don't understand it fully. Like, it's just so, like, weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's, like, the initial 
uh, press release was all four of them were together in a room. They got fined 100K and missing the next four games. And then a day later, Samsonov comes out positive. Like, give me a break. He, he, come on. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get it positive. You're just trying to wipe the story down because NHL NHL fans bashed you on Twitter that, that oh, my God, that's a rule. You play in the change room together. You sit on the bench together. No, they just, I don't know what. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. But at the end of the day, it is a rule. So I guess follow the rules. And they obviously know for next time, do not do this because... They're a big part of the Caps team, and yeah, that's that's it for me. But yeah. So another kind of this is more for broadcasting on the American side of things. So it's reported that NBC, who's in its last year of the NHL license of broadcasting, like basically all their games in the states, mm-hmm. is losing that license at the end of this year, which is very surprising because they've had it, I think, for like fifteen years now yeah. at this point. So I don't know. So now it's like there's rumors. It's not really confirmed yet, but that ESPN was circling back to pick up the rights for the NHL games because they used to have it like in the 90s and the early 2000s. So I guess now they're reacquiring those rights to broadcast the games. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting because I have no idea how it's working because... I asked you this before, and we had really no answer yet, but I don't know if the NBC um, employees are going to ESPN in the, in this in a way. Like, I don't know if the people would transfer over. I don't know if they're going to be out of a job, but if they're out of a job, this is terrible because all their personality, I feel, is really good, and they have lots of good commentators, lots of good analysis, and yeah, I don't know how this is going to work, but it's kind of sad. NBC's been part of hockey for a long time. I remember all those Sunday games that they broadcast, it's... Yeah. It's now going to be going to ESPN next year, so we'll probably keep tabs on it as soon as like news comes out if they're transferring over, or getting fired, or getting released. I don't know how it's working, but we'll keep this updated. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's big. Basically, the news we have for you this week because there hasn't been much news. Obviously, the Pierre Luc Dubois trade is the big one, but we now go into our award segments of the episode, and we're going to start with the hard hat as always. So I'll let you go first. I was initially going to pick this guy, but he's your boy now, so you have to uh, take him for the hard hat. Of course I had to. I was happy that you didn't pick him. <laughs> so I'm obviously going to pick uh, Tyler Toffoli of Montreal Canadiens. So in three games since we last recorded, so I'm including last Saturday's game in this, he has three games played, five goals and two assists for seven points. And... All five of those ga- goals came in two games versus Vancouver in a back-to-back where he scored a hat-trick in the first night of a back-to-back. And, and he scored a two the next night, one of them shorthanded, against his former team. And everyone, when every Canucks fan just roasted Jim Benning for this because he just torched the Canucks the last two games. And they play again tonight, so who knows? Maybe he'll add to his, his point totals tonight <laughs> against them. He might because Canucks are really letting in a lot of goals lately. Mm-hmm. Um, for this one, it's more that he was very opportunistic. So he had there was a, like a lot of breakaways and stuff that he got semi breakaways where he scored on. And Toffoli has looked good now. He was he was kind of getting uh, used to his line mates in the first few games. I found, but now he's really found his stride. If he could just play Vancouver every game, the guy <laughs> will easily win the Rocket. So. <laughs> Tyler Toffoli is my hard hat winner for this week. Yeah, and staying on that Canucks theme, I'm picking uh, Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. So last week we recorded, 
And on the night, Jacob Markstrom shut out his former team at home in Calgary for his first shutout of the season against his former team. So former Canucks just eating at their old team. And Markstrom was excellent this week with two wins, a 966 save percentage, and a .5 goals against average. And then obviously that one shutout versus Vancouver. He's been Calgary's backbone this year, and he's been the Canucks' backbone for a few seasons now. Letting these two guys go is definitely a mistake. We all knew that, but now it's kind of playing into the Canucks' minds. Yeah, it's definitely a big mistake to let these two guys go. I would think to Foley, the goal scoring you're losing in, in, for the Canucks, like just that secondary, is so big, and you've just seen it. I've like They can't score, really, besides... Well, they have one guy who's really supposed to be scoring their goals, but he's on my golden plunger. But these two guys they lost, it's going to be deadly for them coming down to the wire. But Toffoli's been excellent. Markstrom's been excellent. I guess we'll move forward to the non-excellent. And I am going to flush that toilet. And I'm going to pick this guy on the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Petterson. Zero points. And a minus four in the last week. You have him in Fantasy Joe. You have complete close tabs on him. And he's been terrible. He's been pathetic, actually. He was my second round pick in my fantasy pool, in our fantasy pool. He has one assist on the season. Never mind zero points the last four games. <laughs> he And his boy, JT Miller, who's the one that literally takes basically all of his face-offs now. Mm-hmm. And he still can't do anything. Like, I don't yeah. understand what's wrong with this guy. Like, Canucks fans thinks he's, like, basically McDavid 2.0, even though, to me, he's a solid... He's a great player, but, like, he sometimes is streaky. And right now, he is terrible. So, hopefully, he'll bounce back. Hopefully, just not tonight versus Montreal. <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. Like, he has... It's not like that he hasn't had, like, power play time, like... Oh, no, he's had it, yeah. Yeah, it's like he's, like, Vancouver scored versus Montreal the last two games, like, four, I think, four power play goals, and he didn't get any points on them, and, like, wasn't a factor in any of the games. Like, he did not impress me at all. Yeah. So he's really struggling. Yeah, you could go to yours now. So my golden plunger of the week, this is more, I'm going to say the Rangers, and and I'll, it's for a few reasons. So... Before, going into the season, they were their top six. Like everyone was like, "Oh my God!" They have like Zabin and Jad Panera, and now Lafreniere. You got Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom. Like they got oh, they're gonna score so many goals, and they kind of have, and they kind of haven't. Like Lafreniere, who's their first overall pick, everyone thought this guy's gonna be a stud. Hasn't done a thing yet in the NHL. I don't even think he has a point yet. He might have an assist, but um, he's not getting much playing time. They their defense cannot defend. Their prized goaltender Shostorkin has not been great so far. Even though he's a rookie, I understand. But mm. and uh, yeah, and then they, they continually play Jack Johnson and Brendan Smith. So <laughs> I don't know, like their and coach. Tony Dan- D. Yeah, and Tony D. I think he was scratched one of the games this week. Yep. Yeah. So their coach is honestly not good at all. I don't know if it's just their defensive structure they have no idea how to defend because they give up so many opportunities and half the time it's in the back of their net it also doesn't help that other than like truba 
half most of the decor is super young and then you mm-hmm. have a, a the worst veteran in the league in jack johnson there to like mentor them like that's the last guy you want mentoring that decor <laughs> so it's just been like mostly underperforming on the rangers yeah. part like they've been very inconsistent compared to where they kind of should be right now yeah and lafreniere has zero points in four games averaging about 15 minutes per game but I mean, your first overall pick. Let's let's get let's get going here on the season. It's about four games into your, your first year. I know it's probably tough. Like I don't know what it is to complain about because can you say it's nerves? Yeah, but there's no fans there. I mean, the only thing you're playing in front of is other NHL players. And I know the transition's hard. He's been off for a long time, but you got to get going, kid. So I like Lafreniere as a player. I hope he succeeds. But the Rangers in a whole just need to get going consistently and start winning some games because. They were winning last night, I think, 3-1 and just choked the lead and lost in shootout again. Yeah, so. yeah. And then, or like, did they lose in shootout? Yeah, they did. I think they lost to Pittsburgh in shootout. Yeah, they lost in shootout, yeah, yeah. So, and even for that, like, Lafreniere, like, you're also, it's not like you're playing for, like, you have, like, no one to play with. Like, you have, like, oh, probably no, yeah. a top three winger in Panera and you have, like, a, a very productive center in Zabinijad, like, power play, all this stuff, like, come on, man. Like, you're an overager as well. It's not like you just turned 18. You're turning 20 uh this year so you're 19 so you're already a year older than most other kids in the in the draft so like i mean like yeah like you said it's time to get going here so now we go into our next section of the episode our what you say feature with jason derulo hit it jason what you say oh yeah for this one it's kind of like a it's not as big of an impact anymore now that dubois was traded but this is the uh post-game media session from john tortorella in which he saw Dubois dog, absolutely dog his last shift as a Blue Jacket and then bench him the rest of the game versus Tampa when even if he played a little bit, they could have won the game because Tampa won 3-2 in overtime. This is what Torts had to say. John, is this, it, it, how difficult is this for you to coach? I mean, that's your number one center. We're not talking a fourth line guy. How difficult is that to just rotate three centers the rest of the way? Is this... it, it, it's not difficult for me. Uh, I got to call him as I see him and... Uh, and just go about our business on the bench and try to win a hockey game. He said before training camp that his vow was to be a great or good teammate, player, person. Has he lived up to that vow, all three of those? Portsy, I told you, I'm not going to get into a discussion about it. Do you guys talk to him? Yeah, that was um, that was a tough watch in terms of getting that on Twitter feed, my Twitter feed. Not a way you want to go out, like especially being coached by Torts. Not a way you want to go out, especially that dogged what offensive pressure that was bad. That was, that was pathetic. I'm sorry. Like, and everyone was like defending him. Like, oh, this isn't who he is as a player. Every, I'm like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that. Like, the guy clearly just wants to get the hell out of Columbus, and he did. So, I guess it worked out for him. Uh, yeah, we could get to the battle of the buds now, and this is the continuous segment we always do. I went three and zero last week. And you went two and one last week, so I got all my games right, obviously, and you got one wrong. It was the first one, the Hurricanes Detroit. Detroit actually beat the Hurricanes in that game. So we can move on to this week's picks, where I have the Golden Knights going into Arizona, and I'm going to take the Golden Knights, which I think is, uh, no, it's tomorrow. Sorry, it's tomorrow. Then I'm going to take the Stars, who are home to the Red Wings, on the 26th. And then I'm going to take the Ducks, who are going to the uh, Arizona again on the 28th. I'm going to take the Ducks there. So I'm not very high on the Coyotes this week, but how about your picks? 
So for my loss, I, like you said, like Detroit actually beat Carolina, and then J- Detroit proceeded to lose four one to Chicago yesterday. <laughs> yeah, didn't even have a win before yesterday. So that is just some tough L that I took there. So I'm two and one. Like you said, you're three and zero. So for my picks this week, I have the Avalanche visiting the Ducks again tomorrow. They just played each other last night. Colorado won in overtime. Then I have the. Blackhawks visiting the Predators on January 26th. I have the Preds winning at home. And then the recently discussed Blue Jackets get a visit from the Florida Panthers. And I have the Panthers winning on the road there on January 28th. All right. So the center core is going to be a lot lot more uh, worse now in Columbus. And you're going to take the Panthers in that one. So solid picks all around. We'll continue to do that every episode as we always do. Do you have a hot take this week for myself? I hmm. putting you on the spot here, but all right. I didn't have one prepared, but I could easily base one based on the the trade that we talked about. And I'm going to say that Patrick Line will not be a Columbus Blue Jacket next season. So either he gets traded at the deadline this upcoming year or like someone potentially offer sheets, which they didn't do last time, but they might do this time. You know, I'm going to say no, just because the Finnish connection between Kekalainen and Laine. I know he's liked him for a couple years and wanted to get his hands on him. And now that he finally has, I think he's. I think he learned from his mistakes from star players leaving that this is a star player. And I don't think you could let this guy leave, especially how you just got him for your best player right now. And it would be pretty tough for Columbus fans to see Laine go on an offer sheet this offseason. So it's a good hot take because it definitely could happen. But in my eyes, I just don't see Columbus letting line a walk, go, trade, whatever it is. So I'm going to say it doesn't. he's there next season because I think he will... If the torts is the problem, and I don't know, but if he's the issue there, I think they would rather get rid of torts than their star player line a. So I'm going to say he's there yet next year. How about you? Uh, I, I need to see how it plays out. Like, I don't, like you said, I don't think that... Kekalainen is going to let him go because he is like Finnish and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So he'll keep him just for that. But it could, a lot of things could happen. You yeah. know, like I don't like if he like say him and Torres get off on the wrong foot to start <laughs> and he's like benched or like he doesn't want to play, then either creates more drama for the team or they might just, like you said, get rid of Torres because like then yeah. it, then like, then you have like no excuse not to stay if you just don't like playing for the coach. So I'm going to say he's still there next season, but he might sign like another bridge deal like he just did with yeah. Winnipeg. And then we'll see from there. Like I don't I don't I can't see him signing a long term in Columbus. I just yeah, don't same. see it. Yeah, same. I can't see him staying there long term. I could definitely see him staying next year, but the long term will be an issue, and it's a continuous issue in Columbus for somewhat reason. I don't know, but again, we'll keep tabs on this hot take for the rest of the season. And I think that's pretty much it. So last words um, from myself, an article coming out next week of the top three or top five, maybe, uh, fantasy players in the last week. So obviously this is still a continuation of the fantasy week this year from Yahoo or next, last week, and it's a two-week week this week, so I'll be... Uh, bringing you top five fantasy players from the last two weeks. So that's it for me. How about you, Joe? 
So I'm, I just released a the first power rankings of the season. I waited exactly a week of the games to be played. So it started Wednesday. I kind of I think the article is released Thursday night, if I want to say correctly. So those are the power rankings right now. They they're probably already outdated because they have to be. They're basically changed like game to game. So I, I'm gonna be doing that series for the whole season. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna have a set day. Possibly like Wednesday. Like they'll be posted Thursday morning. I'm not sure yet. But just keep a lookout for that. All right, that's it for me. That's it from you. N10 will be back next Saturday. Join us. Woo!